This is a National Arts Center podcast. Find more great NAC podcasts on the performing arts at nacpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Center on iTunes and subscribe for free. Welcome to NEC Dance with Kathy Levy. In this first of three episodes, Kathy speaks to the up-and-coming young star of British dance, Akash Odedra, who performed at Canada's National Arts Centre in February 2014. Akash describes his early obsession with dance and his dance training. Good morning, Akash Odedra. Welcome to Ottawa. Thanks. I know it's not your first time in Canada, but it is your first time at the National Arts Centre, and we're thrilled to have you here. Mm. You've already performed in Vancouver and in Toronto, is that correct? Yes, I performed in Toronto with uh, Hare Krishna and Lata Pada, and also Rising went there. Actually, this is not my first time, I realise, in this place. Okay, let's go back to that. Tell us about your, your time before. Where were you here before? I think I came with Lata Pada's production Shunya. Oh, okay. Like five or six years ago. Okay. A part of uh, a festival or dance series here. The Canada Dance Festival. Yes. That's right. And I performed there with many other dancers on, on I think I think it was the main stage. In the theatre stage, the yeah. eight hundred seat house. Yes, yeah. I saw that production, but I don't make I don't have a recollection of you being you part of that. Won't. <laughs> How did you meet Lata? Um, she saw me dance in a place called Dance Intense, uh, where, you know, people, uh, I think it's like three people from each country come and uh, a South Asian organization called Sampad puts it together. And um, I think she came because three of our students were there. She came to just observe the process and what they do. And I think it was quite a life changing event. Not life changing, but I mean, like in terms of dance, it sort of opened us up as young upcoming dancers or people who had potential to sort of start um mixing with people from other parts of the world. So before, I'm curious about the whole idea of the dancer and the traditional dancer and the contemporary dancer. We'll get to that. But can we just go back to where this all started for you? I know you were born in England, in Leicester. Yeah. Uh, and what was was dance a part of your life when you were a young child? I was born in Birmingham um, in 1984. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah, and... Um, and I was, I don't know, I was obsessed with dance from a young age. Where it comes from, I'm not quite sure. I think sometimes I think it was beyond me. You know, I learned to walk right on my toes. I can still walk on my toes. And my family used to say he's going to be a dancer. Um, so from that point onwards, I mean, anytime they put music on or anything, I was always dancing. I mean, picking up a cup was not just picking up a cup. It had to have a dance move to it. It had to have choreography as such to it. So I was really obsessed with dance and that too, classical dance, because I was quite a spiritual child or a religious child as a young boy. And it's strange because I come from a mix of two families. One is more orthodox and one is really liberal. Um, Both of what of what heritage? We're Rajputs, Katiawari um, made uh, Rajputs, which are warriors slash kings um, in race in India. And it's, uh, you know, very tough, very strong um, uh, sort of, uh, heritage that we have, um, and from what part of India? Gujarat side, in so Gujarat. We're, we're Western India. Okay, 
and um, my grandmother raised me you know this woman this traditional woman with uh, tattoos all over her hand her neck and her feet um so i grew up with my grandmother i suppose maybe that's where a lot of my uh sort of because every time she would go to sleep she would tell me stories um different different stories and i was fascinated i think that used to open up my imagination so i used to connect with a lot of the mythology um and i used to connect the mythology to the dance to the classical dance you know the god the stories of all the gods and goddesses and etc so i used to um that's why i think classical dance was something that i was very very drawn to and i knew it was that's what i had to do so she emigrated to the uk your grandmother did my my um my my great grandparents and grandparents are from india then they went to africa and then they stayed in africa my parents are from, were born in africa and then they uh, when the idi amin um thing happened they shifted in the 1970s to the uk and how did you end up living with your grandmother may i ask um i think my parents were really young and i think my grandmother was quite a strong character so i think she sort of ended up taking over <laughs> um you know my parents were really young my mom must have been a well when she had me i think she was about 17 or something wow so um she sort of took over and then i naturally i i just had a connection with her she had five children of her own and you know towards the later end of her life i remember asking her ba who's your favorite son or daughter she said none of them first you then them <laughs> wow i mean parents aren't even supposed to admit that you know no, of course we love really, all our children equally <laughs> she's clear about that that's amazing that's amazing she's your mother's mother or your father's, father's mother, mother. uh uh-huh. father's mother mother's mother was hilarious she was like a comedian she was just everything was she could make any, even this you know the most normal situation become a, a joke she always laughed and i loved that sense of humor that she had and but she was also a rajput gatiawari woman with tattoos and you know um it and it was quite strange for me because even though these women were quite you know they were from india they were born in you know in this traditional settings in a village um they were really uh, modern or liberal in the way they thought they still held a lot of their values in uh, in who they were as human beings but they were quite accepting which was amazing for me because the generation after that which is their children were more orthodox um and more conservative in their thought process as well so i think i i was lucky to be raised with my grandmother and what did that mean in terms of their liberal approach was it about the arts or about women's values or religion or I all those things my i mean the women are warrior women so the way they the way they talk they i don't think they think of themselves as any less than a man uh which is one thing for for sure and i mean it just a lot of like in you know a lot of um when i speak to a lot of indians or british asians in england they talk about you know my grandmother's quite traditional she doesn't want me to marry blah 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 she doesn't want me to do this and but these guys were really accepting of anyone who came into our family like mm-hmm. my my family now is a melting pot of all different cultures you know from my stepmom who is you know from uh, half congolese greek and sri lankan to you name it we've got every race <laughs> under the sun in my family um and which isn't the case for especially a lot of lot of rajput people a lot of i mean they're quite firm in who you should marry you have to marry within the caste you have to marry a rajput you have to you know there's a lot of connotations which go with the idea of being rajput and they want to stick to them so that that's a, it's it's interesting that you say there's been a swing back to the orthodoxy i mean yes. many people speak about that in other cultures and other religions as well the swing back to conservatism some kind of fear i guess of the other i think i think you know observing growing up in an extreme environment in birmingham um 
I've noticed that the people who live in England, what they do, they try and it's almost like a time capsule. They try and hold on to an era which they came from. It's almost like out of desperation. They hold on to everything. So everything becomes extreme. It was done like this over there, so it has to be done like this here. There's no evolution. They don't want the scope of evolution to take in because it sort of it takes them away from what they identify with. And that's what they're clinging on to. Um, and I suppose even in India, they, you find that people are really liberal. I mean, you know, I go there and, I, and, and they're much more, I would say, modern than a lot of the British Asians that are that I uh, interact with in England because they, they, they've not had to sort of cling on to anything. They've wanted to move forward. But this is the opposite side of the spectrum where they're moving quite forward, where they want to forget they, to forget what was their heritage or to take it for granted is a norm there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just something which is there, which is slowly being eradicated. Like it's, the culture that they've grew up with is slowly just diminishing, whereas this side of in England and other parts in the West they're really trying to hang on sure. to what was theirs, sure. but in a desperate form. Yeah, I mean, India also, they're contributing to that change in the culture. Yes. So I, it's interesting, how, I'm sure that that's reflected in the arts as well. So here you are, this young child, your grandmother is is the force in your life, and they see you as a dancer. How do you, how do you train? How do you learn? I think I used to put coins on a table and uh, pennies, all these pennies, and I used to put the music on, and I used to shift the coins around and there used to be a geometry to that as well so we used to have a folk dance called garba and i used to remember uh, i used to imagine that all the coins are all these people playing garba and i used to shift them around and imagine their bodies so what i was doing at that age i was choreographing our listeners can't see this but akash is using his fingers to move uh, imaginary pennies around on the table in front of us it's quite wonderful so all these people and i used to wish if i had bodies I, and at the age of four so I was doing this, but now I think back at it and I think that was choreography without giving it a term at Absolutely, that point. Absolutely, yeah. It was something, so everything was done. I don't think you could take me away from it. I mean, they all knew how much I loved it. My grandmother used to encourage it a lot. She never discouraged it. You know, I mean, you go through the process of when you go through school and, you know, there's all the rest of it where you you go through a very different sort of non-acceptance of you being a dancer, especially if you go to King's Heath Boys School in Birmingham. Uh-huh. Aha. <laughs> so, um, that was a very strict school, it was? Well, it was just, it was full of a lot of people who are from Azad Kashmir, uh, which is uh, the debated Kashmir, which uh, they, call, they call it the independent Kashmir, which is a, uh, a Muslim population uh, which has migrated to England directly from Pakistan, well, from Kashmir side. And they're not familiar with these sort of Indian cultures or, you know, these, these forms of dance. In fact, I would say even the Indians are not familiar with classical dance in England. They're far from it, in fact. Mm. I mean, Bollywood is the norm for everyone. So it was odd for a lot of people that I chose to go to down a classical route. You know, I begged my parents and I begged my father, please send me to a school. Um, one day my dad came with a telephone number. I remember it was a little ripped piece of paper with digits written on it. And he said, here. So I said, uh, what is it? He said, um, this is a dance school's number. And we called that dance school. And from that day, when my teacher first auditioned me, I never stopped. That's fantastic. So he let you go. Yeah. That's he was, amazing. I mean, it was just a matter of finding someone. I was just waiting. I was making my own version of classical dance up for eight years. So what did you study first? Was it Bharatnatyam? Was it something very traditional? I, I tra- studied Kathak first. You did? Okay. Uh, with Nilima Devi, my guru in Leicester. You know, I trained with her for 17 years. 
and I still now, you know, we still call each other, text each other, maybe four or five times a week. And can then, you can you explain um, just how that how that works? The difference between Bharatnatyam and Kathak, and why why the guru is involved. Um, the difference between Bharatnatyam. Then I trained in Bharatnatyam when I was a little bit older, when I was fourteen, while still training in Kathak with Chitraleka. And then I went to India as well to train with Chaya Kanavate. And all these people were like milestones in my life. They changed uh, perception. They changed. They opened different spaces of my mind up. Now, uh, I think the difference between a, a guru and a, a teacher, it, I, I find it very, really difficult to explain. A guru takes the responsibility of you on for life. You know, a teacher maybe teaches you, um, does their job in terms of what they're supposed to do and allows you to go your way. But a guru really takes the responsibility of you and not only you as a person, but your spiritual life as well, mm -hmm. that you have to open up to more than the physical. I think it becomes a journey, a spiritual journey. And um, in Bharatanatyam and Kathak, they both come from that foundation of spirituality. And I think that's where the difference for me between just a teacher or, or an instructor and a guru is. And has the guru in general also been a performer? Um not always you mentioned some of those people that we know, Chandralekha, for example, who had yeah. a huge performing career, but not always? Um, I think not not always. I mean, I'm sure they've performed. You know, my gurus, have they've all performed extensively in their own eras. But I think then there comes a point where a lot, a lot of them dedicate themselves to giving, you know, passing on a form, especially when you're abroad, when you're in England, when, um, you know, the opportunities that I'm getting, I'm sitting here right now, if it wasn't for them... And the contribution that they have, you know, given towards the arts, they gave up a lot, you know, from performing in schools in front of children and going from this school to that school. That's how they opened the South Asian field up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if they didn't do that and if every single person wanted to become a performer, I suppose, then I wouldn't be here. I think they sort of saw the bigger picture. They must be extremely proud of you. I mean, you, you, you're, you're being called one of the new stars of international contemporary dance. Um, they must look at you and, and just, you know, beam with pride like a parent would. Um, yeah, I mean, I love my guru. You know, the older I got, the more I realized how much my gurus and how important they are to me. You know, they are really my life and my soul. I mean, I even text one of them. I said, if you're not around, I don't know how I would tie bells on my feet. Mm -hmm. um, they are really, they're proud of me. But I also feel like there's a responsibility towards the sacrifices they've made. So it's my way of also trying to give back to them, to the bigger picture, as to what they've done. You know, it's whatever I'm doing right now. You know, each show, in my mind, in my heart, I would always take their blessings. I have a whole ritual before I go on stage that I remember everyone. And, you know, I'll pray. And, and you know, the relationship between us is really, really, I mean, I don't know what life would be without them. Do you see ever transitioning into that role yourself? Um, you know, I did teach and I was, but I think being, I, I dare call myself a guru. I don't think I can. I don't feel like I've got the right knowledge. I mean, maybe they also felt the same way. Um, At your but, age, especially. Yeah. yeah. And maybe who knows that, you know, in the mm. future things might be different. But also to find people who are willing to give 17 years of their life um, or 
the, the the frustration I think I find is when people come to class in my class like um I mean where I live in in Leicester the whole road is full of it's India outside of India you know we've got a Mahatma Gandhi statue life size statue outside my studio I mean <laughs> It's just you go outside, you just smell cooking or Indian cooking. <laughs> it's really Indian. So being in this environment where a lot of the kids they all speak different languages and you know all sorts of Indian languages, I was teaching one day and I was explaining about Radha Krishna. There was a gut or something. So one of the Indian girls puts her hands up and I said yes. She said, "Who's Radha and Krishna?" So for me that was quite shocking. Mm-hmm. Like how do I explain to you a whole? a um, mythology or philosophy you know which the dance is orientated around if you don't know who radha and krishna is mm-hmm. so sometimes i also find that uh, people are not it's not about not being dedicated because things have to evolve, evolve i understand that but i from the students it's really hard for me when i give when i give i give everything when i dance i i give you everything when i teach it's also the same but when i don't receive that no matter how young they are there'll be maybe one or two but when i don't receive that it sort of uh disheartens me so i don't know how to handle that mm-hmm. at the moment mm-hmm. and um well, you know when i was in class i used to my class used to finish and i used to sit there and secretly observe the other class even if i wasn't allowed to cuz i was so obsessed with everything to do with dance i was you know anything and i would go home and i would practice i didn't see this other students doing the same but i i i i really expect maybe maybe i'm looking maybe i'm expecting too much but um maybe i'm expecting someone else to be an akash you know i don't know or maybe just to see that same passion or flame that i had in myself as a child and i don't get that so i don't know how much of a guru i can become in all honesty do you remember when when you would go home and practice or go to your class was it about the dancing or did you have an idea even in those early days that you were going to make the dances in other words transition or incorporate the idea of choreography into your work i think i never knew the difference between the two you know this term choreography and the separation before between dancers sort of as i as i was older they were distinguished and separated um but all the way through i thought if you dance obviously you can dance comes to you it comes from somewhere and i suppose it was always a it was a tool of expression so it's like talking you know i can't say that listening is a different you know it's a totally different part of you and talking is a but they come together in the same in the same way dance and choreographing were always one being for me or making something great but, but in a class in in when you were training with your guru and you were you were learning dances that were already established is that true much like in the western system so that you could be a performer of a particular dance um, and that is a different maybe i'm just approaching this from two western a, a point of view you know the dancer who wants to be the swan and yeah. they don't think about i'm going to make the steps to be the swan they yeah. want to aspire to the steps that are the swan that they've been given by this other creature this other artist yeah. called the choreographer I think that I was always the the cheeky person in the class so if my teacher would give a move I would always add something to it I don't think there was a move which I didn't if she said the hand would go from left to right and you know you're just going to take one step I would add a jump and a step a slight jump but there would always be something added in there because I was always bubbling to to be able to do something beyond that there's always this urge to do something a little more than the step just a step it just can't be a step it has to be more so I think this this thing for always adding something to whatever was existing was always there 
So the the fruits, the, the, the seeds of the choreographer were there at a very, very early stage. Yeah. That's all for this edition of NEC Dance with Kathy Levy. Please send us your comments and questions by email at necpodcasts at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can subscribe to NEC Podcasts at nec-cna.ca backslash podcasts. You can also find us as a free subscription in the podcast section of the iTunes Music Store. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre. This has been a National Arts Centre podcast produced in Ottawa by NAC New Media. Send us your comments and questions. Email us at nacpodcasts at gmail.com. Visit the podcast section of the iTunes store where you can rate and comment on this podcast. We love to hear from you. Remember, you can find more great NAC podcasts at necpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Centre on iTunes and subscribe for free. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre.